Um, Teresa, I want to talk a little bit about the challenges we're all facing with this COVID-19, just, you know, how our lives have changed and right. beyond, even if you're, even if you have faith, the fear, the concern, not only for yourself, but for everybody else. And um, I tell you, it's really just sort of hit home this week because my husband shared with me about um, someone he, he knew um, who committed suicide. What? And uh, yeah, yeah. And actually, I've heard about um, two other re- recent incidents in maybe the last three suicide. or four. Months. Yeah, suicide. Oh, wow. And uh, so that just made me think about mm, now might be a good time for us to return to an earlier podcast and blog that we did. Actually, it was one of our very first on suicide awareness. Oh, one and, of my uh, favorites too. Yeah, I think yeah. that is appropriate. Yeah, so I, I want us to just um, let folks tune into that one again and also revisit that blog. But, um, you know, in addition to that, you and I talked about there's so much information coming out on the virus, but there's also a lot of information about resources. And so you and I talked about just trying to pull what we could together as a resource list for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So yeah, I think now would be a good time to, to make that public, to put, exactly. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, in addition to uh, reviewing the podcast again and the blog, just look on the blog for more information about resources that you can, um, that we hope will be of value to, to you at this time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so um, as always, we want you to stay well and be safe. And now back to that earlier podcast. Those of you who know me know that I love to read. From the time I was a little girl, reading has been my favorite thing to do. My mother raised seven kids alone after my father died. And as you can imagine, she was always busy trying to keep all the balls in the air. No matter how busy she was or how tired when I was young, She always made time to drive me to the library every week. She knew how much I loved to read. Reading was as essential to me as drawing my my next breath. Because of this, friends and family know what to give me as gifts. I always get books or gift cards for books. I even have a personal rating system for books. I note on the first page of every book the name of who gave it to me or if I purchased it for myself and the date it was received or purchased. I then include its rating. My rating system consists of the following specific rating scale. Either I note that it's a gift to myself, which would equal a one, a a precious gift to myself, which would equal a two, a most precious gift to myself, which would equal a three, or my highest rating, a most precious gift to myself, indeed, which of course would be a four. I don't include the actual numbers, just the rating wording. It's National Suicide Prevention Month. Recently, I finished a book, Life After Suicide by Jennifer Ashton, MD. In the book, Dr. Ashton chronicles the suicide of her ex-husband and devoted father to their children, Dr. Rob Ashton. Dr. Ashton, a thoracic and cardiac surgeon, killed himself by jumping off the the George Washington Bridge in New Jersey. By all accounts, Dr. Rob Ashton was an amazing man, an accomplished professional 
who was most loved by his family and friends. Dr. Jennifer Ashton did a masterful job in sharing her family's devastation and ultimate survival of her ex-husband's suicide. While finishing up the book, I learned that another physician, Dr. Marsha Edwards, killed herself this week. Dr. Edwards allegedly killed her two adult children, 24-year-old Christopher Edwards and 20-year-old Aaron Edwards, before turning the gun on herself. By all accounts, Dr. Edwards was an accomplished and admired professional who dearly loved her children. Maybe Dr. Edwards' death hit me particularly hard because she was an African-American woman whose background, as shared in media accounts, would have made it unlikely that she would commit suicide. However, since I was reading Dr. Ashton's book, I had more information to better process her death. Nearly 800,000 people die by suicide in the world each year, which is roughly one death every 40 seconds. Suicide is the second leading cause of death in the world for those aged 15 through 24. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention notes on its website that in 2017, there were 47,173 recorded suicides here in the U.S. That number was an increase from 42,773 persons who committed suicide in 2014. In 2017, there were 1,400,000 suicide attempts. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death here in the U.S. In 2017, the highest rate of suicide was among whites at almost 16%. There was a slightly significantly lower rate, of course, for African Americans at about 7%. A 2018 Washington Post article by Amy Ellis Nutt notes that African American children, however, commit suicide at roughly twice the rate of their white counterparts. Those are staggering numbers and dispel a position long held in our community that African Americans don't in fact commit suicide. It is happening and the results are devastating to those left behind. Suicide leaves survivors reeling from not being able to prevent the death or say goodbye. They suffer tremendous guilt. The point Dr. Jennifer Ashton shares repeatedly in her book is that we must find a way to take away the stigma of suicide. As a community, we do not have the luxury of talking about suicide in hushed tones, acting as if it does not happen in our community, and when it does occur, acting in ways which says its occurrence is solely the result of an abnormality of that specific individual or their remaining loved one. Truly, it takes a village to be on the lookout for signs of depression in our youth, which may indicate that they may literally take matters into their own hands. In her book, Dr. Ashton clearly makes the point that people who commit suicide are suffering from some type of mental distress, be it temporary or ongoing. The person who, submit, who commits suicide believes that was their best option to end in unbearable pain. Survivors are not to be judged and ostracized. Suicide happens and the rates are increasing. We don't have to be hopelessly overwhelmed when hearing about suicide in our community. A simple I am so sorry followed by how, I, how can I help is a great start to support survivors and help us all to heal. Of course, it is even more important to be proactive. If you know someone who may be in distress or depressed, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. 
They can be reached at 800-273-8255, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Knowledge gained from Dr. Ashton's book was a precious gift indeed. I have to tell you, the information that I read in that book and just thinking about this issue is just very alarming. It's very concerning. It is. Um, some reasons I read that I read about Teresa, why kids commit suicide, is that they are depressed. They feel hopeless or helpless. What do you think we can do as parents to try and combat those types of feelings? Well, I believe we should start with social media. Uh, social media is a very good thing and I think it can be a very bad thing. I think our kids are exposed to social media too early and I think that creates isolation within them and I think even with families and adults, adults I think spend way uh, too much time on social media. People are no longer talking to one another and I believe that impact has been greatest on families. On families. Um, we don't come together because of social media. We don't come together together in a way that we used to before. Um, our children are allowed to just spend too many hours on social media. They live out their lives there and many of them don't understand that the posts that they see of someone they think is having a wonderful healthy life is not the truth. They, people don't post bad things. They mm -hmm. only post the good things. And this is... I thought all that was real. No. <laughs> it, it, it really would be great if it were. Yeah. But people don't post bad things. Yeah. Typically, um, I do understand that I, I'm learning social media. But I do have understand that I have a few family members who put it all out there. Mm -hmm. But I don't go read it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I understand from other family members that they do. But anyway, it's unfortunate because... Um, you know, people do only post the good, but what I would advise parents to do is to just be intentional, be intentional when it comes to spending time with your children and your family, make sure that there are no phones at the dinner table, get back to the dinner table, you know, and having that family time, checking in with one another just to see how you're doing and understand and know one another, know what's happening in each other's lives. I can tell you, with my family, there have been countless weeks. When I come home on Friday, after a long week, all I want to do is to just kick my shoes off and relax. But no, we had to do either movie night or um, game night. And in the long run, it turned out to be a, quite a good thing for us. And I would, I would recommend that folks do get back to that. Get back to the old, get back to the old times. You really need to look for signs that your children might be struggling and you have to encourage them to talk. If you notice trouble, don't. They should not hesitate to consult a professional. The other thing is diet. Believe it or not, nutrition in general plays a huge part in our moods, our emotion, emotions, and our overall well-being. Be sure to get regular checkups and at least an annual physical being mindful to check levels of vitamins and hormones in your children, in your systems and your children's system. For example, um, I just recently learned that vitamin D is an important hormone that can, if, if, if in a deficit, can cause, um, can cause depression. And that 
correcting that deficiency is quite simple. You can do that by getting more exposure to sunlight. Again, take take advantage of that. Make it a family thing. Go out, play with one another. But we're being told to stay inside, to not go outside. I know we we, we you're absolutely right. We are being told that, but that is overexposure. Mm-hmm. A little bit of sunlight will not hurt anyone. And it's it's timing and I can explore this a little bit more in a future podcast. But it's timing. If you go out without your sunglasses on, with your chest exposed and your forearms exposed for as as little as 30 minutes, you will get enough vitamin D to carry you for a month is what I've read. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's true because that's exactly what I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are other things that you can do by including salmon, tuna, and mushrooms, and even cod liver oil in your diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Simple things. Okay. That is. That's really great information. Um, And the part about social media and isolation is so true. When my son was about 12, 12, he'd been asking for a TV in his room. And uh, he asked for a while and finally we gave him one. Now, looking back, I believe for us that was a big mistake because he he was an only child. And so he began to spend a lot of time in his room independently. And the truth be told, I wasn't like you, the parent who wanted to do the the game nights and all of that, I was really glad for that break because life was busy and anything that gave me a bit of a chance to breathe and parent less, I was all for that. But like I said, as I look back back now, I realized that impacted our bonding even more as a family. And as a result of that, it made it very challenging for us to help ferret him through those difficult teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would offer as a parent is that to actively work to stay engaged and to stay connected. That's so critical to keeping the lines of communication open and keeping your eyes and ears open to, to notice the following signs of depression, which were noted on the Mayo Clinic's website. And those signs are as follows. Feelings of sadness, irritability or angry outbursts, loss of interest in most normal activities, sleep disturbances, tiredness, lack of energy, reduced appetite and weight loss or increased food cravings and weight gain, anxiety, agitation or restlessness, feelings of unworthiness or guilt, trouble thinking or concentrating, frequent thoughts of death or suicidal thoughts, and unexplained physical problems such as back pain or headaches. So hopefully some of the information we've shared today has been helpful for our listeners. So we want to end by thanking you for joining us today and to encourage you to please visit our website at www.earringsoff.com to share your thoughts on this important episode and um, talk to us about this topic. Also, please remember the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline as a resource. They can be reached at 800-273-8255. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Lastly, let's all work together to remove the stigma and be proactive to prevent suicide. Let's commit to doing better. Have a great day. And again, thank you for joining us at Earrings Off.